Hi, you are listening to The Fam Lab. I'm Barrett Bingham, and I'm in studio with my good friend, Matt Mead. We had the opportunity to sit down and interview two of our friends and also two experts in family and ministry, uh, Train Wyatt and Rusty Sherry. And we are about to get into that interview here in just a second, uh, but we did kind of want to tee up this podcast Uh, remind you to rate and review on iTunes and Stitcher and subscribe to the Fam Lab podcast so that you can get updates on when we have new episodes. Uh, And at the end of this interview, uh, we sat down with the rest of the family ministry team that we're a part of uh, and had some feedback on the interview and how it went and uh, just kind of discussed the big topic of spiritual formation in the home. So Rusty and Train did a great job of kind of covering that for us. Uh, And then we kind of discussed what they discussed uh, and the topics that they brought up. So, Matt, uh, tell us a little bit about Train and Rusty, and then we'll get into it. Thanks, Barrett. We are so excited to have uh, Train and Rusty on the podcast. Train is the youth minister at the Garden Ridge Church of Christ. Train's been in youth ministry uh, for over 15 years. He and his wife, Tamara, have three kids that are in the elementary school uh, age bracket, and we've enjoyed uh, working and learning uh, from Train uh, through involvement in Camp Ichthus. Uh, we also have Rusty Sherry on the podcast. Rusty uh, was in youth ministry for 25 years and has been working in a uh, associate minister role at the Western Heights Church of Christ. He has three. He and his wife Cheryl have three adult daughters, uh, one of which I have the blessing of being married to, and so it's a fun conversation uh, with Train and Rusty. And so Barrett's going to introduce that for us. Yeah, I mean. Uh, Personally, for the two of us, Train is one of our really good friends. Uh, he's a ton of fun to uh, be around. We do uh, church camp with Train uh, and Rusty, and so we're pretty close to these guys, and so we hope that that kind of comes out in the podcast. But uh, we think the world of both of them. Uh, Train has some incredible wisdom uh, for being such a youthful guy and just being fun to be around. Uh, he has a lot of practical things, and uh, just he's very positive about the negatives, and that's something that I appreciate. Uh, about train, and then obviously Rusty, full of wisdom and experience, uh, and a lot of that comes out in this. I really enjoyed uh, just how he kind of sneaks in the scripture and how he just has it all memorized. It just seems like he has a lot of stuff just going on in that noodle of his. But we hope that this interview is a blessing to you like it has been for us. Uh, give us some feedback. Uh, you can email us, uh, and we'll mention this at the end of the podcast as well, at hellofamlab at gmail.com. Enjoy this interview. Enjoy the thoughts afterwards. Hey, this is Barrett, and we are with Rusty and Train and Matt from the Fam Lab as well. We are excited to have you guys in here in the studio cranking out another episode for families. So we want to talk about spiritual formation in the home. That's a huge topic. It means a lot of different things. It can go in a lot of directions. And so, of course, we wanted to have two family experts like yourselves. Oh my. <laughs> Get on here and tell us what it's well. all about. So I think a good place uh, to start for for us and for our listeners uh, and just help us get into talking family, talking about homes, that sort of thing. Tell us about your kids. Tell us about your families. Um, and we can uh, just kind of get into um, what your families are, are like 
and um, you know some of the the real stuff, some of the behind the scenes stuff. Um, just wherever you want to go with that, uh, kind of tee it, that portion of our conversation up. You can both go, we can go simultaneously. Right okay. Yeah, so, simultaneously. Right. I, do I don't know about that. The idea of experts, um, but uh, but we do have experience <laughs> with uh, family ministry, and we do have families. And so, uh, just a little bit about me uh, and my family. We've got three adult daughters, uh, and um, they're uh, married to great guys, and all of them have kids or at least each of them have a kid, and so we're grandparents. So that's uh, kind of a new journey for us because uh, they're all under a year uh, in age, and so um, it's been a great, great journey with that. Um, As far as um, experience with them growing up, uh, we've had a great opportunity to for them to grow up in one place, which was good and helpful for us because it helped us to establish relationships with people and friendships for them that I think helped in their spiritual formation. And that's difficult to do in ministry as far as being in one location. So that's been a great blessing for us. Uh, and um, uh, I'm not sure exactly what else you want, what else you need from us. You crushed it, man. Oh, okay. Great. <laughs> All right. Very good. I was just hoping that you would say something about you being a grandparent, and you did. Yeah. And talking was. about how most of your daughters are married to good guys, and then one of your daughters is married to Matt, who's in studio with <laughs> it us. It happens to be. That's yeah, right. Yeah, that's exciting. I, for, I, don't know, I forget that often because I work with both of you guys, but that's really cool that we're all on the same podcast together. <laughs> uh, but yeah, thank you, Rusty. Train, tell us some about your kids, about your family, about your home. All right. Uh, I've got uh, my wife, Tamara, and I have three kids. One is 10, one is nine, and one is five, a boy, girl, boy. And, uh, you know, we're at the point of our life where thankfully uh, we've we've gotten past the know-it-all phase and we're not at the despair phase. We're kind of at the, we realize we need help. Uh, we don't feel like we are completely clueless because God has used different resources and different people to help us have a clue. We also realize we don't have this figured out. Uh, Having been in youth ministry long enough since 2000, uh, I have seen that most parents are just trying to figure this out and that's where we are too. And, uh, but we've seen what has been done well, uh, where people have struggled. And so uh, that's one of the reasons why I really like that Rusty and I are getting to have this conversation together because, um, he has adult children. He's able to see where, you know, what has borne fruit. And I'm still in the phases of, of trying different things. And I'm in the middle of those battles day to day. And, uh, man, what a joy it is and what a challenge it is. And so it's really cool to be able to come from both, both ends of that. So anyway, that's my family. I've been at Garden Ridge for uh, nine years and then at uh, another congregation in New Mexico for six and a half years. So we also have been able to be at places for a long period of time and uh, get to know the families really well and learn a lot from from all of them. That's awesome. Thanks, Train. So, I mean, you guys hit on a ton of topics there. And before I turn it over to Matt with like our first legit question, um, I just wanted to say that's why we're doing this podcast. And so if you are new to the Fam Lab and listening to the Fam Lab for the first time, uh, this will hopefully be our third episode uh, that gets put out there. 
Um, but yeah, like, like what Train said and like what Rusty was alluding to, like we, we all need help. We're at different phases. And so even when you move from needing help with a certain phase with your kids or maybe with your grandkids or as a parent or as a grandparent, um, man, we're just trying to create a helpful resource, something that anybody and everybody can listen to and get something practical from, also get encouragement from, which is kind of something that we're always chasing in different forms or fashions. And sometimes, like for me as a as a typical male, you know, if you can give me something practical, something I can check off the list, that's helpful. That's encouraging to me Mm -hmm. versus just reminding, um, my wife that, Hey, everybody struggles, you know, with this (laughs) part of parenting, like she, she's encouraged by that. And that's something that's helpful for her. So, um, that's why we're doing this. That's why the fam lab, uh, podcast exists. Um, so I appreciate you guys kind of speaking into the, the mission behind this and we appreciate you being here. And like train said, being on both ends of the spectrum, but Matt, as far as spiritual formation in the home goes, where are we going? We'd like to start with a question that, uh, before we jump into looking at uh, each of your individual families, one of the cool things about doing youth ministry is you get to watch a lot of other families, and you get to uh, borrow and uh, take ideas from families you see doing great things uh, with their kids. What are some things you've seen um, over the years that uh, you've borrowed from other parents and that you've uh, tried to incorporate uh, into your own parenting and uh, maybe share some of those ideas with us. I think one of the things for us was that uh, we would always plan to eat together as much as we could. Uh, dinner was, a, I don't know if you would say that we called it a sacred time, but we ate dinner together as often as we could. And uh, that was pretty much every night. So, um, what was helpful with that was we were able to have a lot of good conversations. Now, some days were better than others, obviously, uh, but uh, we got to find out about what was going on in our girls' lives, got to hear their um, thoughts about certain things, got to share different things with each other, and just got to spend time with each other. And I think that that's important, uh, even in, especially in spiritual formation, even if you don't talk about spiritual things as you might you know think of um it's interesting with at least from what i can tell with um um, conversations with our kids a lot of times what what will happen with us is we will get bogged down in conversations with our kids that seem to have to do with discipline because we're trying to get our kids to act the way that we think they ought to act Mm -hmm. but if that's what the majority of your conversations are then you're going to miss out on really communicating those lessons. You've got to have times that's free of that, times where you just get to share and hear each other, and maybe you'll have conversations about God over those meals, um, questions that they have or struggles that you have. And so that was something that, and I can't tell you exactly where I learned that from. It was just was something that was important to Cheryl and I, that we would do that. And I think that that's been helpful to us and and um, and helping our kids as they've grown. That's so funny that you say that because that's where my mind was going too, uh, not necessarily specifically about mealtimes. I know a lot of uh, families struggle with busyness and then also, you know, your previous podcast about screen times. Now even when we're not busy, there's, you know, the kids are wanting to be on screens and things like that. Um, so what you know, families will have to figure out how to fit this into their time, but uh, to in whatever way that looks for each family, and meal times are stellar for that. Um, 
finding times to be together that are that's no agenda um, and it's it's meant to just be relationship building because what I see a lot of times are our parents who are kind of consumed with with their own you know dealings things they have to do and then comes the major moment either for discipline or for a conversation that's got to happen and that that is a struggle for them and it sometimes goes over poorly because they haven't done the work of building the credibility by just having fun with their kids uh, or just having relationships uh, relationship building times where the kids realize you know you don't only show up for the big moments you're also there as a constant present presence in my life so that when the parent has to come in and in a more significant role the kids are ready for that they're used to that and it kind of earns the credibility to be able to you know do the tough love or whatever whenever the love tank has been filled with lots of quality time uh, and quantity time sorry quantity time and also just doing things that show I do love you and I'm for you and I like you and I want to be with you, not just to discipline you and not just to, you know, give you the talk, you know, whatever, but uh, because you're my child and I just like being with you. Uh, so uh, I, that's something that I've seen other families do really well. The families that seem to more easily blow through those really touchy times like uh, the talks or um you know, discipline and things like that, that they just seem to kind of breeze through it much easier. It's those families that have invested a lot of time in each other for stuff that isn't the big, you know, weighty things. Right. And I, and another thing I just uh, agree with something that you're saying here, it's going to look different for everybody. You know, people's schedules are different. You may have one parent on one shift at mm -hmm. work and another parent on a different shift at work. And, and as a result, you may not be able to have those uh, meal times together. So what can you do to be together as family just to enjoy being together? Um, I had something up in my office for a long time. I think it was Josh McDowell who had, I read this um, many years ago. I think it was a quote from him and he might've got it from somebody else, but the quote was rules without relationship lead to rebellion. Yep. And so if if you don't have that relationship established when you've got to make sure the rules are being followed it's going to be much more difficult to do that mm -hmm. and so that's why i think it's important to to make sure that this is a priority yeah i know you haven't listened to our first two episodes cuz they're not out there really <laughs> yeah so but that is one of the things that i've said for sure in our first two and something i say a lot and really kind of clicked for me when i had my firstborn 7 months ago was every child is different. Every family is different. Yeah. And again, that's part of just our identity as the Fam Lab podcast and as our family ministry team here at McDermott. Like, we we're just mindful of, you know, every family being different. And like you said, maybe that's different for meal times. Maybe, you know, the conversations are different. Um, so just a quick reminder of like keeping that in mind too mm -hmm. for, for not just us in the room, but for those that are listening, you know, we're mindful of that too. Like, you may not be able to sit down, like you're saying, every meal. Um, and quality time looks very different um, for every right. kid. And uh, a note that I took down real quick was, you know, knowing your child's love language, mm -hmm. and it's yeah. something that right. we could probably devote a whole episode to, but how do you determine what that is? Um, you know, and how do you um, connect with them, and what is that quality time uh, is something that we could definitely get into. Matt? Yeah, so one of the things that I wanted to ask, we have a lady here at our church that uh, came up to me, a long time ago and said, 
you can't evaluate anything you've done until you've done it three times. And I think there's a, a lot of wisdom in that. But how do you go about trying new things with your kids? And is that something you talk to your wife about before and come up with a strategy? Or how do you all go about, you know, being intentional about the things you do in a way that allows for the idea that, yeah, we're going to mess up every once in a while, but we're not going to stop trying. So what are some things that, that you all think about that? Has there ever been something that you were like, oh, yeah, this yeah. is going to be great for my kids, and then you tried it, and you're like, oh, this was really awkward the first time, but we did it a few <laughs> more times, yeah. and it was better, or has anything like that come to mind? Pretty much everything I do works the first time. Yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> no not really. <laughs> I don't know that we strategized a lot. Yeah. I, I don't know that we sat down and had had strategy for things. I think we had some decisions we made with regard to generally how we would deal with things. Uh, and then we knew that that's what we we're going to follow, you know, as, as far as that goes. But um, I'm not sure that we sat down. It, it was almost like, you know, all this is trial and error. Mm-hmm. It really is. You could read all kinds of books and you can get all these strategies and you can try to implement them and they're going to work sometimes. Sometimes they're not going to work. Um, and, and that's the thing, you know, we were talking about experts earlier you have all these people who are experts, or supposedly anyway, but uh, it doesn't always work that way. I think general ideas that help to formulate the direction you want to go is more helpful. So, for instance, when you're talking about uh, uh, what Jesus has told his, his followers, what's the greatest command? Well, the greatest command is to love God, and the second greatest is to love your neighbors yourself. If you do both those things, you've com- you followed the whole law and the prophets, right? Mm-hmm. So that's really, it's very broad in a sense, but it's very easy to remember. <laughs> uh, and, and if you can do that, now what that may look like may look a little bit different in every situation. And so, um, so this idea of rules without relationship, well, how do you build a relationship? So you, you, through trial and error, you do different things to work on that relationship. And so... Uh, I don't know if that answers your question, really, but I, that's kind of, I guess, kind of how we approach things. Um, and so we never really thought of it as a strategy necessarily uh, in order to deal with our girls. Uh, it was more like we, we knew, we learned from our parents things that we would want to do and things we wouldn't want to do. There were mistakes that our par- own parents made that we decided that we weren't going to do the same things. And so that's kind of where we started, I guess, if that makes sense. Yeah, and there are some things that you you apply some more strategy. Like you said, some decisions that you guys probably discuss ahead of time whenever it's time to deal with this situation, here's how we would deal with it. But a lot of stuff just kind of happens, and you follow right. the Spirit. Mm-hmm. You know, you're prayerful in advance because you don't know what situations will come up, and when they do, God will lead you into that situation and then later you can tell your your wife or you know she can tell us you know this incredible discussion happened on the way to school today it's just crazy and I never I wasn't prepared for it but I think it went really well um another thing I was thinking along those lines is you don't judge and this is probably what the lady was referring to in some ways you don't just judge based on how it worked right now you're looking for right for long-term results and um you're not you know a lot of parents will try something, a family night, you know, or a talk or or uh, some type of a vacation or what. I mean, like whatever it is, 
and it'll just go badly, you know, and there, there can be a lot of guilt about that because, you know, parents put a lot of pressure on themselves to have that ideal family situation and whatever. And if it goes badly, then I'm, I'm, I'm terrible at this. You know, my, my kids would totally be better off with, you know, their friends, parents, you know, whatever. Um, but just look over the long term. And also there is some, you know, parents do get some credit even just for trying. Okay. <laughs> like now we can kind of let ourselves off the hook too easily with that. But I think if a child looks back, once they've grown, they look back on the parent that, man, that was a disaster and what an awkward you know thing. And I wish they hadn't done that. But when they look back and they see it was because of years of just trying different things to connect with them, to instill faith in them, they're going to be much more gracious because they're going to see even the things that didn't work, it's because they tried something that didn't work, you know, as opposed to just autopilot, you know? So, uh, I think, I think there's also just, even if it went badly, Hey, at least they saw you try and you can move on or you can try it again. Yeah. That's one of the things that, you know, we're really trying to get across in these conversations is, you know, sometimes as family ministry, uh, professionals, I know I felt like I've challenged parents maybe unrealistically sometimes and continue to, you know, find that out in, in some other ways now being a parent, but just this idea of, you know, it is all trial and error and um, mm-hmm. we all are working towards uh, the same kind of goals. Let's, let's talk about like processing experiences with our kids. Like you kind of uh, alluded to that and both of you have had the chance to watch a ministry and you're both great at processing uh, activities or processing experiences with kids. What are some maybe tips and stuff you've learned uh, in ministry about helping parents to make the most out of the things they do try or the things they do experience as a family? Uh, how do you help, you know, make sure the lesson that maybe you're wanting to get communicated uh, actually comes through to your kids? Some thoughts on that? When you say processing, are you talking about when you're trying to have a certain conversation with your kids about something? Is that what you mean? Yeah, or, you know, you've, you've experienced one of those uh, maybe trips or something that didn't go so well with your family, like oh. sitting down with your kids and, and talking about, hey, you know, we intended this uh, because we care, or, you know, we just watched this movie together. What did you learn from it? Can you talk a little bit about how you process life with your kids? My wife is really good uh, about... When we sit down at the dinner table, she asks, what's your rose and thorn for the day? Mm-hmm. You know, what was something that you really are glad it happened and you loved it? And then what was your thorn? What was your low point? And that's an opportunity for me as a dad to say, I'm kind of disappointed that this went badly, but hey, we move on, right? And, and in that processing, we can deal with not everything goes great. And, you know, just the other day I was sharing my thorn was not something that happened to me. My thorn was something that I that I had kind of done poorly that day and it had not gone well and I didn't handle it great. I was kind of disappointed and I was able to tell my kids, I kind of made my own thorn today, you know, and that's all right. Cause tomorrow's going to be better. I'm going to try it over. Yeah. I'm going to try again. And, uh, so that's a simple question that my wife just, she's really good at those little things. You know, uh, if you could do one thing different today, what would it be? Or, you know, something like that. Um, those, those little questions like that start to get down deep, and they can be shallow, and then you move on to something else, but a lot of times that's a good open door for some deeper processing. I think one of the important things to do is to make sure you listen really well. 
Um, we can ask questions uh, and want to get certain answers from our kids, which may or may not it may or may not be good, but but we may not get the answers we want. And what we need to do is we need to be able to listen to them and see what and try to understand or at least be able to hear what they're saying and feeling, uh, which means we may need to ask some more questions um, as we seek that understanding. The, the other thing with the processing uh, deal is that the processing that we're actually entering uh, this process at a different level than they are. So you should expect them to come from a different place. Mm -hmm. They may say something that is totally different from what you would have even thought of. And it doesn't necessarily mean that it's bad. It just means that they're at a different place. And so that's where listening and seeking to understand is so important. Um, and if we, we can't do that, then that's going to make it much more difficult for us to be able to communicate with each other, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, so now it's not going to always work. You're going to fail. Uh, I have failed many times, and I've assumed that what one of my daughters was saying and expecting from me was one thing, <laughs> and when that's not what it was. So an a, a easy exa example with that, and, and this may be off a little bit, but easy example would be, you know, if you're a dad, you, you tend to fix things, right? right? So your daughter comes and talks to you, and then you try to tell her, well, this is what you should do, and that's not what she wanted. Mm -hmm. She just needs you to listen. And so, so there have been times I've had to ask, okay, am I supposed to listen now <laughs> or do you want help with this? And so that I'll know because sometimes I'm clueless. Um, but all of that is a, a process that actually helps them to communicate too because they're learning as you're going through these types of things. They're learning about, I mean, you're not actually saying anything about it. You're not mm -hmm. teaching a, a lesson necessarily. But um, uh I don't know that we actually went through to movies and said, okay, what do you think about mm -hmm. this movie? What'd you learn from it? Sometimes those conversations came out, but they kind of came out naturally. And other times, you know, they didn't. Uh, um, that's where this trial and error comes into play because we didn't always do it exactly the same way. So I don't know if that fits. Uh, I've recently read a book um, by Andy Stanley, and he says something that my wife and I have kind of, we've kind of been doing ourselves and then he just, you know, uh, verbalized it very well. He was talking about talking to his son about sex and he said, um, son, I'm not going to start a 15 minute conversation with you about this. I'm going to start a 15 year conversation with you about this. And what he meant was, um, we're not going to just go all in, have this conversation and then hopefully that should take care of it. It's just whenever the conversation needs to happen or whenever another bit of information needs to be shared or another issue needs to be addressed we'll deal with that as it happens and that's what we've been doing with our kids we've already just kind of been planting the seeds a lot of parents dread that type of talk or or something else you know whatever it is um but life just kind of presents those opportunities you mm -hmm. know and so just kind of being aware of those things and the commitment with that though is also that you don't have 15 years of major talks, you know, um, let each conversation be what it needs to be and then let it, let it go until the next, uh, time that's appropriate. Um, so that, uh, our kids get it, the truth just kind of spread over their life. 
um, instead of just one big heavy conversation or every time something comes up, they get a big lecture, you know? So just watching for those life opportunities to process, you know, uh, a commercial comes on or something happens in a show or they, you know, their friends teach them a new word or whatever it is. And now we've got an opportunity to talk about, yeah, that's how some people think about this. Here's what God would say about that. And then move on until the next opportunity. That's, that's, uh, something we've seen that has worked well for other parents. Right. I, I would say t- too, I think you're right. The plan process times are going to be few and far between. Uh, the ones that come that you don't expect at that moment are going to be more often. And that's why quality time that you mentioned earlier in the conversation doesn't come without quantity time. That's right. That's good. I think all of that goes uh, fits nicely into the kind of the category of you have to think long term. Right. We're thinking of you know, spiritual formation in the home, typically that in the home time frame for us is like, okay, while they're in middle school, high school, well, that's for me as a youth minister, but, you know, or while they're, uh, you know, under our roof, under our tutelage, you know, that's, I just wanted to use that Good word. Because uh, <laughs> it has the you know, word toot in it. That's right. Yeah. Because, you know, well, you said sex, I wanted to say toot. Uh, but since we were talking about, you know, the long-term piece, it's, hey, we're starting the conversation in our home, but the spiritual formation is, is starting here. But the mindset is, you know, we're going to be working on our faith together as a, uh, you know, father, mother, and, you know, our, our kids, our children, uh, now and beyond, that sort of thing. So I think that's a, uh, that was a huge takeaway for me, just the mindset shift of, you know, and we're quick to say, especially when we're talking time management and things like that, well, we have until they're 18, and that's only so many hours, and then they're <laughs> gone, and then the conversation's over, you know. Right. Well, and yes, there's some truth to that, but there's a lot of wisdom in, hey, we're starting it now, mm-hmm. but it's going to continue. Uh, and like you said, whatever conversations those are, um, I think that's good. That's a good takeaway. Matt? I think one of the things that, you know, is is fun having both of you come in maybe from a little different, you know, age cycle in terms of your kids is, you know, I have the opportunity to watch uh, the relationship that Carissa has with her dad and and you know, it, it's fun having that relationship in the sense that, you know, I now get to not only experience what he did as a dad, but, you know, I also get to learn from, you know, in our relationship, he talked about listening, you know, and different things. Like I have to remember that he was a professional counselor and I jump in and try to fix things way too fast, you know, <laughs> those kind of things. Um, but when you think about, you know, now you have, you know, kids that are adult children and you have kids that, you know, are, are a little bit younger, you know, maybe what are some of the things that, you know, you hope when your kids are older trained that they remember about your time at home? Uh, a couple of things. One is that I'm obsessed with Jesus. I want them to, to know that and to, to see that he was the, the focal point of everything I did. And not that I'm perfect in doing that, but that even when I failed, I had the conscience about that because I, I care so much about pleasing the Lord and, and you know, relationship with him and all that. Uh, the other is that I listened, and I don't do that great. But, you know, Rusty has already mentioned that, and I really appreciate, you know, we've talked a lot about the conversations to have, and Rusty has brought that in about being good about listening. And so uh, I guess that'd be another that I would want. I think I also would want them to see um, a strong marriage, a godly marriage. Not all of the listeners, you know, have that right now, and and that's 
that's that's just you know different families are in different places some are single parents some are in marriages that are struggling whatever my my marriage struggles but i want them to see uh, a husband that's committed to loving his wife well so that my daughter has something to uh you know to look for whatever my sons know how to treat their wives someday and so that's something i want them to see Awesome. We want to thank you guys so much for being on the podcast. I want to end with one question. as just one practical takeaway or piece of encouragement that you could give to parents just to hang in there and, and keep being devoted to encouraging their kids to be disciples. What would be just one thing you want to end with? I'd say there are no perfect families or no perfect parents. Um, and that's if you look through the scriptures, you'll discover that that was true there as well. But... Um, you're not in this alone. You're in it with God. And as long as he's part of the equation, then even as you make mistakes, even those situations can be situations that help your kids to learn and even can be drawn closer to God. And for me, I would say, uh, coupled with that, you're not in it alone. You shouldn't be in it alone because uh, even parents need community. Mm -hmm. I mean, parents badly need community. I know that church involvement, whatever, can seem like another schedule item, you know, another thing on the calendar that just gets so burdensome when there's already tournaments and practices and, uh, you know, work that we've got to bring home and things like that. But it's not just about another thing we have to do so that, you know, we won't go to hell or whatever. This is, this is such a, a helpful tool to have that community. Our kids need community because the world is so hard on them. And so they need other people uh, they need the adults who are in that community to help mentor them and to fill in those holes that all of us parents are going to leave in our children. They need other adults. Um, and then we adults, man, we need community so much so that we realize we're all just trying to figure this out. What has worked for you? <laughs> what didn't work for you? Uh, here's what I've learned. And uh, also a lot of grace comes from that community. So that's what I would say. Don't do it alone. Uh, you need some godly people to help you out. I love it. You're not alone and don't do it alone. That's good. That's really good. Hey, thanks, like Matt said, for being here. We appreciate you, Rusty. Train. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for the conversation. You guys were worried about not making time. <laughs> we're over time. So we'll land the plane here. We appreciate you guys. Thanks again. And now we will turn it over to myself and the Fam Lab review. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Welcome back, I guess. This is our first time to do kind of a review. Uh, so the Fam Lab team has just listened to the interview that you just listened to, and we have some thoughts on spiritual formation that we thought uh, would be beneficial that we wanted to share and just kind of rally back as a team. So the five of us are back in studio today and wanted to give some thoughts on spiritual formation, kind of bring the conversation back to that, uh, wrapping up as well. So I'm going to turn it over to Mikey. Uh, Mikey Kin's father, she has got some great thoughts on this, and she's going to kind of lead our conversation around um, some practical pieces and just some other conversations that uh, we think are important that kind of go hand-in-hand with spiritual formation. Well, one of the things that came up more than once in their conversation was how we as parents are really just trying to figure figure out this parenting thing as we go along. I mean, that's just how it works. When you first have a child, you are, are a beginner just like that child is. So, uh, I really think that that's a big part of parenting, and there's a, an aspect of evaluating what you're doing as you go along, and, you know, we have those conversations at my house occasionally, 
about how we've handled different situations. I try to be really cognizant of when my husband and I will have those conversations. So, and try not to um, question, I guess, how we are handling a situation during the situation, but maybe talk about it afterwards uh, for as, as far as, you know, maybe that's not how I would have handled that discipline situation or just a, um, a um, redirection, you know, maybe I would have done it differently. Um, so we try not to have those conversations in front of the kids or during in the moment, unless it's just a really big deal. And maybe if I knew some information that my husband didn't know about the situation, I might add that. But otherwise, we try to discuss those differences away from the kids. But we also try to share things with each other that works well with the kids. Like if uh, Jaron has found a way to get Macy to really share with him about something and got her to talking and he'll tell me about that and so that we can um, take some of those positive things and move forward with them too. Oh, that you are trying to do the best job you can as a parent. You know, remind your kids that in, even when you are having to discipline them or correct them that your job is to help them become a good person, not just keep them happy in this moment, but to guide them for their whole life and that there are things you know as an adult, as an parent, that they don't understand that you can, um, that might not make sense to them as kids, but that you are really trying to do the best job you can. I think a good part of that is the, uh, is the <coughs> learning to apologize to your kids. Um, you know, if you do something that doesn't work and it is harmful to them in a, in a sense that hurts their pride or their feelings or something, or you just didn't handle the situation the way you should have. You you say, hey, I'm sorry. I That's not the way I should handle it. Can you ask or can you forgive me for that? And I think that's really important. It shows them when we mess up, we need to say something, but we also need to show forgiveness and ask for forgiveness. And that, I mean, you're not intentionally sitting down and say, all right, we're going to talk about forgiveness, uh, where you are sh- you're showing it. That, that goes a, a long way. I think that's a great point, Kyle, because active repentance is part of a spiritual discipline, right? And in modeling to your kids that you need to ask for repentance and that you know that you make mistakes and that you are going to make changes to do better is part of spiritual formation. I know one of the things I always appreciated about my dad is, especially when I was moving into teenage years, is you know, there were some times in which he would sit down and, you know, I give him a hard time for it because he'd call him father time moments. And, you know, that's not cool. But uh, he'd sit down and say, we're going to have a, a father time moment in which he would peel back a story from, you know, his past that I could tell was hard for him to share. And but it always connected with something that that I was dealing with. And, you know, it helped me to to see that, you know, it was kind of awkward and uncomfortable for him as a dad to step out there and, and share some of these stories with me, but it really made, you know, the idea that he was having to try and, and step out and, and, you know, the parenting wasn't always going to be comfortable in the same way the situation I was dealing with wasn't necessarily comfortable. And I think that that's helped uh, me not only respect my parents more, but, you know, desire to find ways to model that authenticity in my own parenting I think that was a big point that Train made that connected to a lot of other pieces, and I think it goes nicely with the spiritual formation idea 
was that connection and building credibility. He uses the word credibility. Um, and you know, that's key in, um, yeah, if, if you are authentic and open and transparent about your spiritual formation and your spiritual development, uh, when you were their age and at your age now and showing them that it is a 15 year plus process like train was mentioning. Um, but I think that connection, you know, leading to credibility, um, credibility, helping with the connection. Um, and then, I mean, trains kind of, I wrote down three C's from something that train said, but the credibility and the connection go kind of hand in hand and are cyclical kind of help each other out in spiritual formation. But, uh, you know, he mentioned the idea of consistency and how important that was. And Hey, if you do mess up, um, but you keep, you know, okay, family game night was a disaster. So maybe we don't do family game night again, but we do some sort of family based evening, uh, and just consistently committing to ooh, another C, uh, committing to that idea or that plan, um, leading to again, kind of, um, some credibility in that relationship. Um, which makes the transparency easier and it makes that active repentance, you know, and the other spirit, spiritual disciplines easier. Um, if you have some sort of relationship there and you're like, you know, I am struggling with my prayer life. I know that there was a point where um, kind of like a hard shift in my family where my mom started sharing that stuff with me and took, you know, the initiative to be transparent. And I was like, whoa, 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 I don't want to know this, you know, <laughs> versus <laughs> if you start young, um, you know, and maybe that makes it a little bit easier. I think it is tough. Like every time my parents started to share a little more and were a little more transparent about, you know, things from, you know, spiritual things to financial things to, you know, my future, like going to school and that sort of thing. Um, that definitely, you know, is, is, is hard on kids. And I think it's hard for parents to share, like you were saying, Matt, you know, like kind of tough for dad to get kind of get into some of the, the details. Um, but that is, I think, a necessary ingredient for spiritual formation. Rosalind. Yeah, I think that's a great point. And I, I love what you said about your mom and the heart shift, because I think that, you know, when you know better, you do better. And that's that's just what we do as parents. And so it doesn't matter if your kid is three years old or 13 years old. If you figure out a way to handle a situation or some way to connect with your kid, that's the time to implement it. And I mean, the big thing is that as parents, we're trying and the kids know I believe when you're trying, you know, and we're not perfect, but we just never give up. You just keep, you know, I love what Matt said earlier about trying something at least three times, mm -hmm. which can seem kind of goofy sometimes. I, I mean, I think about us trying to work with our kids and, and do devos. And I've always been intimidated by those families that were like, oh, we had this great devo or we do devos every every night with our children and we have tried to do that and we have failed a hundred times to be consistent with devos but we keep trying in fact my, my kids are teenagers and we just started trying again to do we're using the bible project uh, as a platform to get the family together and to uh, there are these great videos where you just can learn all about the history behind uh, the books of the bible and so we're trying and will we will we succeed this time well, I'll let you know, yeah, but, keep us but we're trying and, and, you yeah. know, that's the point. You just have to keep trying, keep moving forward. One practical thing, Bible project, great tool there. But then two, you said something that made me laugh because I was like, I don't know if I've ever heard a family say we had this great family Devo. <laughs> I think a lot of families do them and they try, but they're always like, 
oh man, I don't know how that went. You know, I've just never, I think it can, you know, because of the consistency fact, there's just so many things that go into it. And as a parent, I can, even as a husband, just trying to like sit down and read scripture with my wife or whatever it is, it's like, I don't know how that went. I don't know if that was beneficial. You know, it's like the person leading it or, you know, being on our side of it. But the kid sees, like you said, um, effort, we're trying, there's going to be consistency. This is what we do. You know, this is just what it's always like. Um, There were several times where maybe on vacation or Sunday evenings or something like that, where my family would just do a family Devo instead of making it to church because of practice or whatever it was. And, you know, I'm sure my parents were like, well, that could have gone better. Like I wish Barrett or Matt would have said Matt is my brother's name as well. Very confusing. (laughs) We're not related this one, but the other one anyways. Um, and we're not going to edit that out. We're going to leave in the confusing back and forth with Matt. But, uh, you know, I'm sure my parents thought, I wish, you know, our sons would have said something or, you know, wish there'd been more substance to this instead of just, you know, reading it. Um, but as a kid, I was like, no, that's that's what we do. That's kind of how it is. And that's that's OK. Um, so, you know, trying it three times is huge. And there are other opportunities to have discussions about about Bible and about spiritual things. You know, we try to. On the drive home from from church, from Bible class, we try to ask the kids, what did you learn today? Yeah. And sometimes they struggle to come up with an answer. But if we can at least get out of them what the story was, then we can have a conversation about what that means um, for them and for us and, and how we've learned about that story, too, and that sort of thing. So you can pull in those conversations at different times. Right. You know, Rusty said, uh, and I didn't quote him exactly, but he talked about trial and error. And, you know, we've talked about that for the last few minutes of, you know, some things don't work and it's okay to change it up or not do it again. Because, you know, I think back to the like family game night, maybe your family is really competitive and you like that competition, but it always gets just overwhelming and everyone needs to get heated. Like even if your kid's four years old and you're playing Uno and they're just really frustrated to play with, not speaking from any experience at all. Um, <laughs> the fact that, you know, okay, you don't try that or you play a different game that's a little more cooperation based or you do something. Um, but you, yeah, we're, we're figuring it out. And that's kind of why we called this the fam lab, right? This is we're experimenting and family things. And um, one thing that uh, was, has been mentioned today and uh, with Rusty and Train was that, you know, every family is different. And so what works for one family is not going to work for every family. So you got to figure out what, what works for your family. And that means trial and error. That means experimenting with the different things. Um, and I really liked uh, just, I don't know, Trading and Rusty had a, a good, lots of good points. So One thing we do encourage you to do is we have the email at uh, hello fam lab at gmail.com as we're talking about these things that you're trying or whatever please send good ideas to us and send stories different things you tried and uh, we'd love to share those with you and uh, just talk about how we're all trying things together sometimes what doesn't work for your family is going to be a home run for other families uh, so yeah send us your ideas and it can be funny like man we tried this sort of family devo 15 nights in a row and it was an absolute nightmare i don't know how that's humanly possible uh, but it could be so send those in hello lab at gmail.com for sure uh, i loved one of the ideas and i think we're kind of all around it that uh train and rusty kind of tag teamed but rusty you know used the scripture love god love your neighbor as these big ideas and these big 
pillars for you know scripture and for you know this encompasses the law and the prophets and so i think um just practically speaking for spiritual formation kind of identifying uh, as a family what are some spiritual um you know foundations some big pillars for your family what are you going to take seriously what are the things that are most important to you is it um you know an idea of you know forgiveness and repentance and grace and mercy like you know that I think should be important. Maybe maybe that's one of the big ones for you guys is that you're going to be quick to forgive. Um, maybe it's stewardship. I know Mikey had some thoughts on that. You know, what are these these big ideas, these big pillars um, that are going to be game changers for your family? Things that you're committed to. Stewardship is something that we do work on in our family and talking about how, you know, not just how we're going to share our money, our finances, but also where we spend our time and how that's a part of stewardship too. Even talking to the kids about that, about how much time we're going to spend on different aspects of our lives. Um, Another spiritual discipline that I think you have to be intentional about teaching your kids is prayer. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, they mentioned um, dinner table time being a good time for conversation, but it's also a good time to practice prayer for the kids to practice prayer for you to model prayer for your kids. Um, We also, try to do that at bedtime with our kids. You know, they're still young enough that we're tucking them in. And, um, but when we talk about prayer time at night, we try not to say too often, say your prayers. We try to say, okay, let's get focused because we're going to talk to God. And we talk about how, how awesome is it that you get to talk to your creator? You know, how does that make you feel when you think about, you get to talk about that. That's a good point. And just talking about being in a, respectful position when we pray and clearing our minds of other things and just being really intentional about that. And I just recently saw a great example of a parent praying scripture with their children. And I just love that. And I've started trying to do that with my kids a little bit too. And I think it kind of surprised them and surprised me a little bit too, but I loved it. Just adding a little bit of scripture in your prayer as you talk with God about your kids. I think prayer is definitely a huge thing that any family can do. Now, and it, again, it does look differently, whether it's through scripture or I think of my two-year-old, Eden. You know, she, her mind is going a million miles an hour, and so she can't focus very much. And so last night we were even just saying, uh, we would say something and she would kind of repeat it back. And it, it's, I mean, even when she's repeating it back and she may not understand what she's saying, uh, it's it's still good to hear those words and we're still modeling that. And, and sometimes she doesn't want to, we like to hold hands when we are sitting around the dinner table. She sometimes doesn't want to do that. And she's throwing her plate or, you know, kids are going wild and crazy, but that consistency, like what Barrett was saying with train, that train was saying um, that, you know, it may not work one night, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't ever do it again. Just keep at it. Especially if it's something that is important to your family um, because you're modeling that, that uh, that prayer life, you're modeling that it's important, and that that helps um, them to be more spiritually mature as they grow up, as they become um, coming into their own faith, and they uh, they understand All right, prayer is something that we do to have a conversation with God and to uh, to thank Him for things and all those sorts of, that sort of stuff. So, um, yeah, I, I think uh, Rusty also said that that intentional family time. Um, again, they had dinners together that, that worked for them. I, I don't remember growing up a whole lot having dinners together, um, like every night, um, 
I know that my mom was very intentional about us spending time together, but um, it didn't always revolve around the dinner table. It was it was other times in other places too. We noticed with our kids that when we went out to eat, often our kids are really good friends with each other. They're only less than two years apart. So they would end up talking and Jaren and I would end up talking, but we weren't really interacting with the kids when all four of us was together, were together. So we decided to start implementing some kid dates and going out with just one of the kids at a time. So, and we'll rotate that. So I might go out with Jackson one night for dinner and then next month I'll go out with Macy for dinner and, and just have that focus one-on-one time and having that intentional relationship building. And then um, another time we try to do that is that bedtime again. I guess bedtime routine is a big deal for us. But we also switch every other week which child that we're tucking in. So I'll tuck in one kid this week, and next week I'll tuck in the other one. And so we have that that special time together at night. I think one of the things that is also cool about technology, and that's a great blessing, is you know we have a little one, but we're already thinking about ways that uh, you know in different phases of his spiritual development that we can involve grandparents or involve other people that uh, we want to be, you know, important pieces of his life as well. And so, you know, in addition to to you being a spiritual mentor, maybe there's an opportunity to FaceTime uh, a grandparent to be a part of a prayer or a part of a bedtime routine or something like that to continue to put good faith influences in your kids' lives. That's a great idea, Matt. I, I really like that. I think, uh, you know, intention or being intentional about putting other people in the, in the kids' lives, um, because as we know, being parents is very overwhelming sometimes, and we need somebody else to uh, to sub in for us um, or to just come alongside us and help us in parenting our kids. And uh, we benefit greatly from fam- family and friends that, um, that help us raise our kids. I mean, you guys in this room. I know uh, Leah's parents are a lot closer than my parents, so we get to utilize them a lot. Uh, but um, using technology, I think that's a, that's a great idea. I really like that. One thing that uh, I wanted to get in here, and I know we talked about this kind of in our, our pre-show notes, um, and this will be the last thing that we have time for, is the, um, this idea of comp- competing timelines for spiritual maturity, spiritual development versus kind of a, a worldly timeline and an understanding of um, adulthood and what it is to be a maturing teen and that sort of thing. Um, so, Matt, I don't want to put the pressure on you, but you had some really um, good thoughts on on that. Um, and so just as you are going through and thinking through spiritual formation as a family and you're considering different um, kind of, you know, spiritual foundational things and disciplines and your thinking of spiritual maturity, um, how important is timeline and how do you think about, uh, you know, age and what is age appropriate and those sorts of things? So I think, you know, there's a lot of considerations and, you know, it's a conversation that probably needs to happen a lot and thinking about different, you know, goals or objectives and things. But I think the bottom line is, is having the goal and objective of, helping your kids reach spiritual maturity. And, you know, that may look different for for each child, uh, but unless it's an intentional goal, it's probably not going to happen, you know, just by accident. And so, you know, the the world around us has a certain pace for uh, expectations regarding maturity, and it 
it seems that that pace is lengthening and, you know, adulthood and um, just levels of responsibility seem to be getting pushed back further in life. Uh, but as Christians, I think, you know, especially in conversations of faith or whatever, we really have to take advantage of the time that kids are living under our roofs. And uh, we also need to, to understand that it doesn't stop there, but uh, we want to be sure and be intentional about that time. And I think just the encouragement to set your own timeline and set your own expectations of maturity. And just because a particular friend or a particular group of people are uh, behaving in a certain way, you know, we're not going to let that influence the timeline we have for our own kids. I think about that with my young children, you know, they're just six and eight and even younger kids about how easy it is for little children to have blind faith. They, it, it is, is easier. That's why Jesus says we need to be like children, right? Because they just believe. But I think it's important that we still help them understand why we believe what we believe and why those things are important and where that belief comes from, even at an early age, and start talking about that in ways that are more substantive with younger kids so that when they are at an age when they're starting to ask questions, they know it's okay to talk to you about those things and that you've thought through it and that sort of thing. So starting young, even on some of those deeper thoughts. I know spiritual maturity is, is a big one for what I do with high school students and um, it is more than just showing up, right? Or dropping a kid off in the children's wing or showing up for youth group, uh, and which I think parents know, um, but it's always good to remind myself of, hey, just showing up and darkening the doorway of school is not making my child smarter. It takes in school and out of school things to, to learn. And so I, I think it's always a good reminder to think of um, that in spiritual terms and that, hey, there's stuff that's um, in the home, it's outside of the home, it's processing things that we've done that aren't spiritual and putting them in spiritual terms. Uh, and it's more than just showing up for a youth group trip. It's more than, um, you know, saying l- like what you said, Mike, it's more than like, all right, now it's prayer time, check, you know, spiritual maturity and development and um, kind of the responsibility like Matt was getting into um, is intentional. And, uh, you know, it does take time. Any closing thoughts, Rosalind? Yeah, it just makes me think of, again, kind of circling back around about knowing your child and spending time with your child and being careful not to compare their level of maturity with other kids. I just think whether that be in their group at church or at school or within your own family, because they can just be very different and just, you know, spending time with your child and addressing their needs and their maturity level is just very important. Yeah, that's great. Cause you may have one child that um, is real generous and very quick to give and, you know, of their time or energies or, you know, whatever monies they have, you know, and that sort of thing. And you may have somebody that that is uh, harder. I know for, for me and my brother, uh, we both got like $20 for one Christmas and my parents gave us like an option of like, Hey, do you want to give this to a, a missionary that's going to be in town? And my brother was like, yeah, sure. It doesn't mean anything to me. Now he is three years younger. So he had not fully comprehended how much $20 was. So I'll give myself that out. 
Uh, but I like had a really hard time, and this is embarrassing, but I gave it to my mom, and I was like, give it to this missionary. And I went to my room and like wept bitter tears about it. And he gave me this cool, he like brought back from, uh, yeah, 99% sure it was Nigeria, uh, <laughs> brought back this cool like black wooden hawk thing that's still in my office. And uh, he was like, thanks for your support, and like gave me a gift. And I was like, it was worth it, you know, <laughs> which is embarrassing. Um, but, uh, you know, we were at different levels. Even though I was like older, you know, I was like, I don't know if I can part with, you know, and just this idea of, of giving to somebody else and giving to a cause bigger than me. You know, so just knowing the difference between your kids and where they're at, obviously you can extrapolate that story into a thousand different settings and uh, different age groups and on down the line. Anything else? Well, great. I hope that you guys enjoyed the interview as much as we did. I hope that you are uh, enjoying these conversations as much as we are. And so like Matt mentioned, email us. Let us know what you were doing. Let us know how we can help at hellofamlab at gmail.com. We appreciate you listening. And please rate, review, and subscribe. That helps us. It gives us a lot of feedback, and it also gives us a reason to keep doing this. If you know of somebody that would benefit from this podcast, would like this podcast, I don't know, maybe tell them about it. You can share it. We are on iTunes. We are also on Stitcher. And so you can find us both of those places. Again, we appreciate you listening. We will talk to you later.